Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today I'm joined by Klaus Feilenschmidt, who is the head of UX and for all interactive technologies at Sabio. Klaus, thank you very much for coming on. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello, Mark. We were just talking before air, weren't we? Um, sort of sharing some experiences of, uh, uh, well, we were actually saying let's have, we should do this over a beer. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording first thing in the morning, but um, Klaus, uh, as, a, as a proud sort of German, and I, my, I, was, I, I was born in Germany, lived there for a, a little mm. bit. Um, I'm fascinated to know your kind of um, your journey in terms of how have you got here? Because you've been at Sabio a while. Um, mm. What's what's we, we don't need to start at birth like I've just done for myself. <laughs> it started like that for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you can start wherever you want. Um, but how have you got to this point where you are today as kind of head of UX? Yeah. So. I, I guess a lot of it is uh, is around this area of we've got technology, and uh, technology is a thing, but it is being used, and that's been my interest of having technology being used. Uh, I, I started in engineering, and engineering can be quite maths heavy and that kind of thing, and you, you produce something nice, um, but then there is a lot of it is theoretical, and I then started liking the idea of actually I'm using this, whether it's a product, whether it's a house, you walk through a house, you like design, that kind of thing, that it's a product you can touch. And this, a similar thing exists in electronics and in now in interactive technology. We are users of, of it. So somehow my, my journey just took me into um, an engineering degree and then a social science degree around uh, human interaction. And a subject area of that was interactive technologies. And I ended up in speech recognition technologies from day one and with a little company in Cambridge uh, that did speech recognition technology, but always focused around what does that technology do for me? And that leads, led into a career in yeah, in that field, I did some EU research in that field because it's important to understand. Sometimes we in industry, we don't step away and go, actually, we, we're not just building this, but we're also making it better for the next thing that we're building. We can't always take that time out. We have valuable data, but we can't take the time out. So helping in research is, is, is quite a good thing to help out. Um, I, I then started uh, as the first European employee in Speechworks, which, you know, Speechworks became, uh, in, in speech technologies, you, you had a Western, West US, West Coast company and an East Coast company, you had Nuance and you had Speechworks, and you had this sort of big middle thing, and you had a, actually a big firewall in the middle that I couldn't talk to each other. Uh, but yeah, I was on the Speechworks side, and we started this business in in Europe, um, uh, you know, from the ground up. And you can probably explore that a bit later. That some of these features still exist that you need to learn, need to learn and train. And yeah, and then eventually, uh, 17, 18 years ago, we decided that uh, what 
came to Savia, where again started the interactive technologies IVR type of practice. And recently chatbots get to it and you know, the field's still there, the thought processes are still there, we're still working in a similar way. It's there's so much to um, talk about there. I've just to start with to help me as, as much as anyone else, what do you class then as an interactive um, technology within the contact centre space? Yeah, no, really. So maybe I'm a bit more narrow than the term may suggest. So it's something that you interact with your voice or with your ideas that you type in where you can express what you want where you're less constrained by something like a form, like on the website where, you less, where you've got a form, for instance, or you, you, you navigate. In that sense, most of my career has been in that reasonably narrow channel. So one of the interesting things about these channels is that if you're doing web, you've got all sorts of sensory things happening. You've got color happening, you've got size of font happening and that kind of thing. If you then move that into a narrow channel, like a voice channel, and to a smaller degree, even into a chat channel, that all gets much smaller. So you need to be more careful about expectation setting, timing. There's no parallel task happening. It's all serial, that kind of thing. So interaction technologies in my sense are uh, or in my experience, are uh, other narrow channels. Even I hadn't even considered that kind of those considerations. So, so there was one thing that that I always used to explain design in that space, which is when you, you you're looking at an interaction, when you're looking at a conversation that you want to script, you script that on paper. You write that out much like if you pick up your uh, your play a book for a play it's written out right but that doesn't bring it alive that's not how it's experienced what you do is you you read that out to someone and then you actually if you're doing it over the phone you're asking that other party to close their eyes that's how you experience the phone or how, how you experience that play that conversation over the phone so just think about all the bits that happen. I'm talking to you now. You're nodding. I know you're with me. Yeah. That doesn't happen if I close my eyes. I don't know whether you've zoomed out, whether it's still there, whether you're making yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is. You give me instant feedback. It's fascinating. And it's very relevant, actually, isn't it? In, uh, in how we've all been forced to work over these last... Um, few years we were talking about screen sharing again before we uh, hit record and I was I was doing uh, I was talking to a large number of people and everyone had their camera off and I was presenting and it was like just talking to the wall you know because you you didn't have any of those kind of um the, the cues that keep you in that keep you as the person talking engaged as well there's no doubt creeping into your mind about Am I still connected? <laughs> and, and we've probably all been on presentations over Zoom where it was clear that the presenter was a very good presenter, but needed that visual feedback, whether the crowd's with them or not. And then it became much more flat. And that's how we yeah. work as humans. 
And we can do some of that in the audio channel. We can do some of that in the chat channel. We can do some of that in the audio. It becomes a bit harder because it almost becomes like an interrupt. So if again, if you know, um, if you really want to say something now and interrupt me because your eyes get big, you you know, I can tell. Yeah. But while I've got the microphone, as it were, there's no way for you to do it unless you're being rude. Yeah. Yeah. So turn taking is one of the big things that you need to do in that conversation. We, you know, we, we as humans, we know how to do turn taking. We've even learned to do it over the phone. The power of the silence. Didn't quite work here. So if I go quiet, well, then well, normally I, the conversation partner comes in and goes. You know what? But that's it's so fascinating because that is something that um, from doing the podcast over these last few years, I've uh, I've kind of conditioned myself to wait more than I would do than I would have done previously because I think it's it's not about me. It's about it's about you as the guest, and I'm. I'm waiting. So those that that normal pattern, I've kind of disrupted because, like, um, I read this. I read this book by. I'm gonna. I hope this is right. Elizabeth Stoko, um, uh, language mm. um, expert, and she. There's a passage that is exactly what you're just saying around. We we all know the norms of even and she starts with just a greeting that when I if when we get together I say hello. I wait because I'm waiting for you to say hello back and she shared some she analyzed some phone calls around mm. um, just normal interactions, but then an interaction that involved. Um, a highly charged uh, situation, I think it was mm. I don't know if it's suicide or a hostage situation. Um, but those those kind of patterns, when they're broken, throw you off completely. You know, if you say you say hello and the other person doesn't say hello back instantly, you're hold on a minute, something's mm. not right in the matrix here. <laughs> well, it happens in the physical world these days when we, you know, as we come out of this COVID thing, that we don't know do it. Do I shake hands now or do I not? Or when you meet your colleagues, do I give them an embrace or not? Because we've had disruption in that space and now we need to reevaluate uh, whether that's still happening. That, that Too many variations it. now. There's a lot of comedy value in kind of, do I touch elbows, hand, fist? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and if it's a colleague, oh, I'd really like to. And yeah. But there is norms that, you know, that the interactive technologies, that they, 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 they borrow these norms. They sometimes even create new norms. Think back 15, 20 years ago, speak after the beep. You know, we needed to create these norms. And then as we came out of that, where uh, technically what's called barging wouldn't work reliably, that we could interrupt the system, be rude and interrupt the system, we needed a beep. As we came out of this, the technology caught up. You observe awkward conversations where it's just wait, wait, wait. And, you know, the techie goes, come on, just speak, just speak, that kind of thing. And then you get into the scenario where they wait for too long. And then the system responds and goes, actually, I need to help this person because we are now designed for the new way of interacting without the beep. 
I start speaking and we as humans need some time to process that. And I start speaking, you know, we've all been in these awkward conversations with an automated system. Yes. So we need to work with these social norms. We need the conversational norms, whatever it is, we need to work with that, even to a degree of greetings, wonderful examples. Example, why, why would you greet something that hasn't got emotion? Why would you say, hey, voice bot? Because it feels like a conversation. It, feels, it helps you, it gets you started. When you walk into the office and say, hi, how are you? It's just a way of settling into the conversation. You do need that in a, whether it's a human conversation or an automated conversation. I guess everyone, regardless of whether they're in our industry or not, can relate to that because most people nowadays will have a voice uh, activated, you know, whether it's Alexa or another variation and that whole and that's a really interesting point you make there because i just as soon as you said that i thought how do i talk to alexa probably talk to her like a a, a human i'm wouldn't and i don't know if that is now because you you're right does that make is it because that's what i need but do you do you talk to her like a human or so there's different ways of interacting with alexa there um for some, it's much closer to command and control. Hi, Alexa, get me the latest exchange rates. Go and get. Would you do that with your wife, your partner, with your kids? Not if I value my life, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is there for the long term, so Alexa may go. <laughs> yeah. But the channels are part of the research that I did for my master's was around that. It's not necessarily just the message that's in the channel or the conversation that we're having. It's also who's having that conversation. So that, you know, the, you, it, if Barack Obama says something, it is profound, right? If your friend says exactly the same phrase, it's not counted as profound. So we, we associate something with the message giver as well. And that what can work for us or against us in human computer interaction, because we can say, have trust. I can do technically everything that you asked me to do. I can get you the weather. I'm Alexa, I get you the weather because I've got the internet right behind me. If you ask your wife, your kids, get me the weather and they answer immediately, your level of confidence in the answer is slightly different than in Alexa because Alexa's gone and checked it in bits and bytes. You got there's a bit of hope value in my mate because he always <laughs> thinks the weather's good. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, and that's something that we need to to acknowledge that what I can give the same answer, the same technical answer, the same content-wise, the same answer in an automated system. The fact that it's come from the automated system may not satisfy my end user. So just purely looking at this, did I get the answer, yes or no, measuring that level of success is okay, but it's not necessarily going to tell us why that caller then said, or that chatbot um, user then said, no, I need to talk to someone. Yeah, why is that? Because that's something that comes up quite often, around, especially when it's, 
I, I'm going to, I don't think this is the right use of the word, but I'm going to say like important. So let's say it's banking or you're going on holiday and the number of people that talk about how they've got the answer delivered through uh, technology, yet still customers, humans will go, yeah, I'm just going to check. Why, why do you think that, why is that then? But there's a level where just, you know, we as human, we, we need emotion, we need uh, empathy that, that goes with the conversation that we're having. We have different types of conversations as humans. We, we sometimes just want reassurance that what I'm thinking is right. So it just needs a second voice. And then that works in the automated channel. So you may have looked up your balance online and then you go, hmm, is that really right? Am I really just rich? Uh, maybe it's the other way around, but anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so you go, is that really true? Oh yeah, the second channel's giving me that, that's fine. But if you then, so, so that's that reassurance, but then you go, actually, I really need to buy a, a bigger present for, for my wife or whatever it is. So I really need to be reassured. Let's just, this is so important to me. I need the empathy that goes with it. And that agent, you know that agent's looking at the same thing, but you have a feeling that at least you can say to someone, but you told me. But you can buy into the emotion that I then impart on you and say, but this is making me really feel bad, but you told me, now help me. So it's, a, it, 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 it's that working together. It's, we as human work together with human at an empathy and emotional level better than with, with a computer, with something that is a digital agent. Some of it is accountability as well, because I think in, in one sense, if you're dealing with a human, you kind of feel, even though really both, both interactions, all interactions are kind of recorded and stored and can be double checked should something go wrong. But I think in, in that for having accountability, you can say, I spoke to someone or it, it was this person. So it's on them. And, and you probably see that in contact centers these days that the, the end user knows that lots of the end users know that the calls are recorded we get that message up front whether we like it or not we may even listen to it and, <laughs> and then we may even absorb it so but you have a feeling you, you've got an ally you've got someone you, you know you can look it up the fact that it's recorded doesn't necessarily mean that we can go to it and make use of it but you feel that you've got i don't know is it the upper hand or you you feel stronger you feel stronger yes. in that conversation. Mm. Whether that's practical or not, doesn't matter. It's about perception. It's, you know, perception is an important thing in this conversation as well, because, you know, if you've got the perception that, so, so in research, when we're looking at conversation, where the conversations go well, and, you know, a few years ago, you were we were trying to measure customer experience and not, it's not a good measuring customer experience, having KPIs for it. Was this good customer experience? If we maybe, well, we can leave aside CSAT, but if we think about measuring that automatically, the KPIs, it's so hard to do that. No one's really come up with KPIs for it. And part of it is then when you're looking at it and go, okay, 
So what's it in pure bits and bytes, in mathematical terms, in statistical terms? Well, it must be good customer experience because that call only took, I don't know, a minute 15. It's quick, customer wants to be quick. That's what I tell us all the time. So it's good customer experience. You pick up the phone to that customer and you go, how was it? Oh, it took ages. It took at least three minutes. Yeah. And what counts is the three minutes, not the minute 15. When you ask people, how long did you queue? They always queued longer than what their stopwatch says. That kind of thing. It's about perception. It's about how I feel. And it's, it's a similar psychology that goes into what well, you sent it to me. You helped me. That's why I need a human with it. And that's why our technology needs to acknowledge that it's not the sense of let's keep that away from the humans. They're good at the complex stuff. Let them talk about the complex stuff, but acknowledge the fact that sometimes just this little reassurance helps and then make it efficient to do that little reassurance so that we're not waiting for the agent or we are not. It doesn't take 12 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds for the information to get there. The agent can be there. Yeah, that's all fine. That's gone through. Oh, thanks very much. I'm out of here. It's good for the agent as well. Quick call, bing, click. I've done 15 calls. Yeah. Do you find then that, um, and there are some other points I want to come back to. You said so much interesting stuff already. Um, do you find though, from a chatbot experience, I was just, I'm just thinking about a, a personal interaction I had yesterday where the the first few stages interacting with the bot felt like uh, a necessary couple of stages for me to actually get to the point where it says I don't recognize your query do you want to talk to an agent I went yes great there we go and it, it but it I just thinking back now my attention to those first few pathway decisions probably I was just right I've got to I, I've got to I, I wasn't paying that much attention I was just thinking I got to get to that point where I talked to an agent is that something that is a a challenge in in the industry around trying to keep the bot more engaged and more helpful but also satisfy the user and the the customer absolutely is it's why am I doing this and can I not just tell that agent who i am what i want just get me get me through to someone it absolutely is and there's no silver bullet in there how you do that there's no absolutely if you do it this way it'll be fine uh, so technology can help us in that sense uh, and it goes through waves you know um, we can find out about you because you're on you may be locked in and that kind of thing. So, and we, we can then inherit from the locked in page over the phone. These days, technology helps us in the sense that many more people have mobile phones and call us from a mobile phone. They are personal devices now. They're not a shared number anymore. And we, we, we you need to sell the benefit of doing that as well. So saying, look, if you've done that with me, we'll, We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be efficient next uh, when you're with an agent. We'll, we'll be right there. I'm semi prepared for it, that kind of thing. We can do that in words. In many cases, that sort of works, but the proof is often in the pudding. So, because it worked last time, 
you're taking that experience, that positive experience. Oh, I get it now. It's a bit like if you go into shop in the surf checkout, there's there's all when they start at appearing, you know, there's the trailblazers that go, oh, this is cool, I'll do that. And then there's there's those I'll never do that. And the big middle bit that goes, if only someone showed me. Or they don't even say that, but that's the notion of it. It's the same as you going through that chat and going, oh, yeah, okay, I'll need to tell you this so that I can get through. But if we then feed off and we've got you hooked, you, you know you're doing it. But if you then feed off and just give you a little bit of, well, not just that you've got an outstanding IT ticket. Is that what you're calling about? That kind of thing. Just show you that there was a benefit to doing that. It is a journey. It's not as simple as, yeah, it'll always work. And people will take the experience. So they go, I, I, I interacted with airline A and it worked brilliantly for them. Surely you can do that. Yes. And I think there's something about, we all think our own situation or experience is, is unique or different. When in fact, you know, I'm, I was interacting about a bit of faulty equipment of something relatively new I purchased. That must have happened thousands of times. <laughs> You know, and I'm sure it was probably in there as a prompt. But like I was saying, I wasn't that my mission was talk to an agent, get that reassurance. But it was probably there, like faulty. One of the goods is broken. Yes. Done, done. Give us the order number. Because that's what happened. Gave the order number. They said, yeah, that's fine. And here comes a replacement. So one of the, you know, from a conversational design perspective, one of the, uh, the, the other features that, you, you can use is, is that sense of working together. Now, now, with you, that 40 equipment, you go, surely you've had that problem before, that kind of thing. You, because you're thinking about your, your tasks, you're going, how can I help that process to be quicker? And, and part of what we do in conversation is we're not sitting there waiting what comes in next as a question and then respond to it, but we we progress, we ask the next question, we've got an expectation, we predict what's going to happen next. Whether we do it overtly or not, doesn't matter. But we, we are thinking about the next thing, we're in a zone. So we're working together on that. Like I checked out of a hotel yesterday and I know in that hotel, because the way in which we do the bookings, we've got an, an, an allowance for, 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 for dinner and if you don't use it, I need to re, um, uh, refund you but it doesn't happen automatically. So I know if I do the auto checkout, it goes, eh, doesn't work. So now I can go, okay, I'm not even going to do that. I can go, I need a human for that. I need to bypass that because I can work with that human already. I can tell them what they need to do and all of that. It works better for me. I get the feeling of, oh, look, what, I, what do I know? But the process works. When that breaks down is when I fix it. And I look really yeah. stupid, obviously. <laughs> but then that's when we never, uh, never. <laughs> but that's when we adjust. And that's another thing about, you know, the way in which we interact, the way in which we use technology changes all the time. We need to monitor that. We do monitor that. We need to just always have a curious streak about what we do. That, that might, did that lead to, there was something you said quite early on around when you're designing and implementing 
technology you're creating or you generate a whole lot of data and it's the first time I think I've ever spoken to anyone that where you're already thinking about this thing that we've done here is going to help us make it better in the in the future and that's a consideration I hadn't thought of before but you, you said something about we we have to make sure that we stop and analyze that that do that kind of that debrief can you just kind of talk more to that yeah so you can get in a scenario like you know we had it recently where you go i'm trying to make this conversation better i'm trying to work out how do i get the success rate up and then you go how often do we actually stop and go actually are we have we gone into this sort of alleyway and we're trying to turn around the car or we were trying to find the way over the fence and you know all these gangster movies and they do find the way over and there's a door that opens up and that kind of thing or should we go actually let's just put a different team on it and go let's just pretend we started from scratch here's the data that we had at the beginning what would you decide to do what would you have decided would you have gone left there out of the three routes or would you have gone elsewhere it's almost like wipe the, the slate clean again and see whether the conversation can go elsewhere and at that point we were doing that on a technical side but you can do that on a conversational side as well and we do that in conversations as well if we go you get to this point where you go are we actually talking about the same thing let's just step back <laughs> yes so what you collect this data in the beginning and go, what was I intrigued by in the beginning? You can look it back and say, actually, no, I, I built up some knowledge. Now I look at the same data. Can that be interpreted in a different way? That's how fault finding works, right? So you go, we've got these, these, uh, these descriptions and you go, ah, oh, that'll be that. We look at that switch or in your case that gadget uh, uh, oh it's probably the batteries flat no it's not so what did you do you step back and you start again with the same data but you have added data along the way so you go actually this now makes it stronger the data what they meant is when they said i've got a problem with the password is not what i assumed that the password's not working it is it's too complex for me can i use a simpler password but i only discovered that in the conversation and the strong thing about the conversation is we can fix this in the conversation. It doesn't feel like I made a mistake. We can fix this. Oh, in this case, we go there, we go there. Whereas if we think about technology, we go, it took it down its path. It was wrong. So purely measured, it was wrong. But conversation can help us fix it. We, we go around and we get the, the right outcome. And that's the next frontier. How do you learn conversation? How do you... We, we have started learning how do we learn how do we turn speech into text we've done that for many years and then we've done how can we associate meaning to that so what does that actually mean we can be much freer in what we speak alexa understands us when we are polite or not polite and the next thing is how do we learn what's actually happened in this conversation i started with topic a and i ended up in topic b one of the things in the contact center that we often talk about as we go in and go, so what are your main uh, core drivers? Ooh, these are my wrap-up codes. That's my main core drivers. We then go in and go, okay, let's let the customer speak. 
So we put the natural language systems in to go, what are you calling about? Well, they tell us something different. But guess what? Neither of those is the total truth. It's somewhere in the middle. Yes. Yeah. That's what humans are good at, looking at the middle bit. I love that because I absolutely can, those kind of outcome codes and when you're listening to the interaction thinking, yeah, this isn't really that outcome. It is something else. Right, let's create another code. <laughs> you need the codes for, for business planning, all of that, I get all of that. But the user, that there is this clever bit in the middle, it's the human, it's the agent that then says, that was that. But they arrived at, I don't know, balance transfer. They arrived at the balance transfer throughout the conversation. The user may not have said, I want to transfer some money. They may have said something like, I don't know, have I got enough money in my account? And that's not, they didn't want the balance. They wanted the first step on their journey to transferring an extra 500 pounds to their other account. We discovered that in the conversation. So even with technology, we're still, we're doing the front bit and we're starting to, to learn in the conversation to assist both the agents and, and the user to actually get to that. Because if I just drop you into balance, that hasn't solved your problem, has it? That's all fine, all computers are good. <laughs> all systems what? are good. <laughs> yeah. What are you seeing, Klaus, with, um the difference between usage or customer appetite for chat versus voice, chatbots, voice bots, um, right now and also kind of like future state? So there's a place for, for both of them, clearly. It's your setting. So if you're on a train, you're not going to do this a lot. Um, you're playing with this. There is it's almost like a third domain, which is the, 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 the sort of web chat, uh, the, the, the WhatsApp chat, sorry, where you've got uh, a, a, time, a timeline in there. You, 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 you're not in an instant chat. I don't expect the, the WhatsApp bot to respond to me as quickly as you know, a human bot does, a human, does a human bot. <laughs> a human bot, you've, you've made it. <laughs> Oops. Oops. The secret anyway. sound. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pretend that it didn't happen <laughs> anyway. But yes, yeah, so, so that, that, that there is what you want to achieve with it. What's your time doing it? Uh, how, how are you time constrained with it? Uh, the, the privacy of it. I think the empathy that you get over a voice call that will always be with us. We, we will always have humans help you out on that and, and, and um, have that human touch with it. I, I, I see that the, the, the WhatsApps and all of these kind of channels where you go, okay, I'll fire something off and then I look at the answer when I'm ready for it, that's growing. And that's for some task that's absolutely the right thing. But on the other hand, it's that immediacy that's also happening. I need to know it now. You don't, but yeah, I need to know. Yeah. Trust me, I need to know. And then it's predict that you know the future, what's going to happen. We all want to know what what, what is tomorrow. <laughs> so it's not the straight answer in that I'm saying, look, the the web chats will overtake, but or the the WhatsApp chats or whatever that will overtake. It's will 
will find the right tool for the right conversation. And then it's critical that it's a continuation of the conversation. And we as an industry had that conversation for a long time. Just don't forget anything, please. <laughs> you know, yeah. Make sure that the investment that I made, I, I, I did make an investment. I did actually press some buttons on that phone. So just make sure that that is valued, please. And logging in and all of that kind of thing. So I, I, I think the, the key is that we've got the, um, the foundations are right. We know how to lead a, a conversation that can be different. But when it comes down to the information delivered and the way in which we do it, we need to be consistent. So tell me that I've got a good balance in the, in the same way whether that's over the phone or not, but explain a bit more to me when I'm having a P, when I'm using the voice channel. It needs to look different, but they, they need to be there, both channels, all three channels. There's, um, again, something you said earlier around that kind of, and I, I'm fascinated by this just from, a, from your kind of personal point of view was being that first employee in, in Europe and the, was that just you kind of doing the whole startup ex experience? Were, were you flying solo to start with or? No, it, so that we had some, two other people in uh, from America to, to help, you know, there's business development that's happening, but the key at that point was also, we can develop business and we've, we've proven that Speedtrack works in America, but in order for that to work here, we need to do data collections and we need to talk to people what's different. How do you say a date differently in the UK? We all know uh, December 22nd and the 22nd of December. So even just flushing these things out, the internationalization, flushing this out. So I was very involved in flushing these things out, the experience, because there's it, it, it's quite wrong for us to go, this American English is the same, it'll just work. So we'll, we'll all say G and awesome and all of that kind of thing. So it, it's even the way in which you structure dialogue, what you need to have back is different, but you need to support that with making that case when you develop the business. You do need to do technical stuff. You need to, um, yeah, we have plenty of, uh, you know, we, we were at a point where we send questionnaires out to people, 25, uh, not even questionnaires, it, it was ring us up and say this string of digits, ring us up and say this um, number. And we would record it, transcribe it and train the models, much like you do a statistical model, an AI model at the moment. A lot of users help us out training the models by using the systems. We did the same thing at the time and we had oodles of fun uh, really? doing that, friends and family to get there. My, my, my favorite story around that is we had speed science, a data scientist. He was listening to thousands of these trans uh, and needed to transcribe it. So he knew that the, the the user had to say 25 and whether they said 25 or not and we we had all ages uh, doing that and it was this elderly voice and she went through all of that and all of a sudden he burst out laughing because we had a question at the other uh, at the end and it said uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about the process 
and she had gone through in a very structured way and all of a sudden she just went nikas <laughs> and that was it so she just enjoyed that and ever since we, we always said nikas <laughs> people want to have fun with technology as well yeah you have to don't you i think and that's again something but i don't think we maybe it points to this immediacy thing that you mentioned as well which is spot on but I don't think we really give consideration to just the sheer volume of work that goes into getting this technology right for us. We're very quick to point out when we have waited. I can't believe it, I waited a minute. Um, that, that you've just given then a small sense of just the sheer volume. And I guess from a, especially voice interactions and picking up on, even if we're in inverted commas from the same culture, there's still new untold nuances right but then when you add in cultural nuances it must be huge how, how do you even approach undertaking that research and that data again by observing so what we did at the time for speech works and then became nuance and what, what whatever is you, you you go to the the market you go to the, the culture you go and listen to that you learn in that culture we haven't even gone into um other languages so that's even the same language so the the, the term that i use within the organization is when we go okay let's take this or let's use this service and do it in spain or in germany or in france let's just translate the prompt no let's not translate the announcements let's localize and even that Acknowledgement, and you do that by working with people in the in the culture, training it for that culture for how you give an answer back. You can translate a word, but and or a sentence, but it may get a slightly different meaning. We, we we've all seen English translations that aren't quite right. You know, there, there's plenty of websites for yeah. pure translations that got uh, didn't get quite right, and we snickered at them. But that's a real challenge to, if, if I go back to what I said earlier, if you build confidence in that this innate thing will do the right thing for you, you need to have confidence that it actually uses your language right. It doesn't yeah. sound like an American. You're actually yeah. making, we made it worse in some respects when we used American prompts in the beginning because people would try and speak back as in an American accent and we wanted them to be... <laughs> British, yeah. you know, we wanted yeah. to get their English, their, their lovely English accent back, that kind of thing. Or if you say, hello, I'm a computer, please speak slowly, you would get the, the users at the time to speak very slowly, which made the model so bad that, that, that they wouldn't work properly. Well, yeah. And then there's this story, this last story, there's a story about Jaguar putting, you know, command and control into their cars and their high-end people, they, they, they said, it's not working. It's not, that technology isn't working. So, so Jaguar said, come back, come back. We need to train this for you. There's no training in this, in this system or it was in, in the Speedtrack system, there was no training ability or anything. What they did is they put the salesperson next to the user in the car and say, okay, well, now we need to train. Press the button, say. What they did is they didn't train the system, they trained the human. Yeah. The, 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 and, and sometimes, you know, if you, I don't know whether you're a coffee man or not, you know, yes, you look at all so. these 
Instagram videos of the lovely latte out and you look in it and go, yeah, I can do that. Try it. It, <laughs> yeah. it only works with the, the training work when that person who trains you sees exactly where you're going wrong and then just interferes a little bit. You don't realize that they interfere a little bit. If you try it a bit faster and that kind of thing, so yeah. that, 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 that guiding, and the same is true when you're looking at internationalization. You need to train that in, in an international way, in, in, you know, in the right words, whatever. I just want to talk uh, finally on um, the, you know, you've been, correct me if I'm so you've been at Sabio 17 years, 18 years? Yeah, from 17, 18 years for me, but Sabio's older than that. Yes, and, but you... Uh, I'm always interested when someone's been at a company a long time, there's got to be some kind of, there's the connection there, but there's also, you know, with your, with your mind and seeking out and being kind of growth mindset, what is it that's kind of kept you there, kept you excited about what you are doing? Why, why, why stay at Sabio for so long? It's, it's the, the, the field is there. The field needs discovering the field has interesting ideas and it the, the people around you help you with that they, they you know it falls on fertile ground in some organizations it, it goes yeah we can egg each other on and there's also the sense of if you're in an organization and you work for for customers for instance you want to help them you've got a relationship with them so so i i view and and, and, and a lot of my colleagues view that our inter our relationship with our customer just as important as our relationship with our colleagues. So when we do, when we deliver a project, of course we're having a conversation. Have you done this? Uh, I can only do this if you have done this. But also, we, if you work together, as we together we want to achieve that. So by leaving a company, you would lose both your, your fertile ground, your colleagues, your innovation, and you would use your 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 relationship with with your customer. And there's always clever people that help you out <laughs> do these things. And there's an appreciation for it. You know, you, you've seen Sabio's journey that we go, look, we, we can do the, say, telephony world better and better and better. But we can also look forward and see where's that all going? Where's that actually, um, you know, doing all this good interaction stuff? How do we make it good for, for us to have good conversations? And that never, stops it's never done yes but isn't that lovely though it's, it's kind of that that progression each time keep working keep working it's great isn't it and it, it, it goes back to you know almost like the mindset that you, you're not going to get this built it's done it's happy you, you, you're happy you, you're making you're making small steps all the time happens in the organization the organization helps the uh, it, it happens in a project it happens with technology I love it but what, what about you as a as a consumer when you interact with um chatbots are you are you there as the customer or are you there going scrutinizing it with your knowledge <laughs> depends on what I need to achieve so if I if I need to redo my uh, uh rebook my flight and it's just not going to work then I'm definitely scrutinizing what could go better <laughs> But if you if I've got a good experience with it and go actually that, that that's pretty good so 
actually did take me a while knowing how difficult it can be to, to build a good chatbot. It took me a while to actually go to the bottom right-hand corner in the, on the website to say, let's just try this thing. But then you've also got this thing of, okay, I see what they've done is they called it a chatbot, but they realize that it's a bit harder than that. Maybe it's into that. Yeah, so, so, so criticizing is certainly there. Or, you know, why would you do that way? You know, it's not, so I'm, I'm, I often think about journeys and use cases and that kind of thing. And I go, what use case does that support? <laughs> Maybe I'm just not your normal user or you haven't thought use case. Maybe they need human bots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's people with, with process, though, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, you can't switch off. It's the same. I mean, I, I work like that in the physical world as well. As uh, why is that door like that? It doesn't tell me how to open it. Why? It looks nice, but <laughs> I don't know how to open that damn thing. Yeah, you can never switch off. Well, look, Klaus and Feinschmidt, it's been fascinating. We 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 don't feel a bit frustrated. We don't have enough time to be able to kind of um, do your work and your experiences justice, but I found it absolutely um, fascinating. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Well, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. No problem. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. Why not head over to getoutofrap.com, access the free resources site, drop your email in there, and I will send you a one-pager cheat sheet, some white papers, the newsletter, anything really that comes out of the great content shared by guests. So head over to getoutofwrap.com and sign up.